Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Dr. Virginia Reed, and today I'm delighted to have on the program Professor Lisa Askey. Lisa, I believe that you work with the NH and MRC. For some of our listeners, that in itself may be an unfamiliar title. Would you mind just letting us know what the NH and MRC is? Sure. Uh, actually, I work at a centre called the NH and MRC Clinical Trial Centre, which is based actually at the University of Sydney, so we're in fact really not part of the NH and MRC. But the NH and MRC is the National Health and Medical Research Council, which is the, uh, the, the body, the uh, Australian national body that uh, is the predominant funder of uh, health and medical research in, in the country. Uh, and the centre I work at uh, actually uh, receives uh, some of its funding from the NH and MRC. So, um, um, but we had that in our title mainly because we were initially set up with a seeding grant to establish the centre some 20 years ago. Okay, so an independent body, not funded by industry. No, not funded by industry, although we do do some trials that, that uh, co-funded with industry. So uh, we, uh, we do conduct clinical trials where industry is a partner, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we, the trials we conduct at the trial centre here uh, always have the uh, scientific input from our staff and, uh, and uh, governance that ensures we, uh, we, we remain in control of the science and the analysis and uh, the, the dissemination of the results. But we do do some, uh, clearly there's some trials where uh, that, that are, for instance, drugs where industry is very helpful and uh, necessary to, to be partners with. Absolutely. I just thought we should explain that first up. So perhaps now if you wouldn't mind explaining for us what the Australian New Zealand Clinical Trials Registry is about. Sure. Um, I manage that, uh, that entity and it's a registry, an online registry of uh, clinical trials that are being conducted in Australia, New Zealand and elsewhere. It was established in 2005 um, in response to various calls from people around the world to make the knowledge of clinical trials that are ongoing uh, more transparent. We know that sometimes uh, the results of clinical trials, if they're not positive, uh, tend to not be published. And if we're basing our healthcare decisions and policy decisions, either as an individual or at a government level, on incomplete evidence, uh, we might be uh, misled and we might not have the full picture. So in order to know about uh, what trials are actually being done, even if their results uh, aren't necessarily published, we like to see trials that are registered or you know, key aspects of, their tri- of the trial protocol are made public before the first participant is enrolled in, in such a trial. And uh, we, the, the registry was established with some NH and MRC money back in 2005 uh, and subsequently since then there's also been um, many other registries in national registries in other countries in the world doing the same uh, thing. We now have about 7,000 uh, clinical trials on the registry uh, which are all uh, searchable uh, free of charge and uh, to anyone including members of the public and uh, we also contribute the data from our registry to a worldwide central repository uh, which is uh, at 
based at the WHO, the World Health Organization in, in Geneva. And so uh, there's a search portal there that, uh, any, again, anyone can search free of charge uh, for any trial that's going on around the world. Hmm. That's very comprehensive, isn't it? Uh, well, we'd like it to be even more comprehensive. Um, uh, unfortunately, it's not uh, mandatory to register a trial in Australia. Um, we would like it to be, uh, or we would like to see at least uh, mechanisms in place to make sure every trial that's, that gets ethics uh, committee approval and is thus conducted in, in Australia uh, is made public before the first patient is enrolled and uh, we can track what happens to that, those trials as they, as they go forth and uh, are completed and then hopefully the results are published. So we've, uh, there's various mechanisms where we can um, try to encourage people to do that. Uh, one is uh, to encourage ethics committees to make um, uh, registration a condition of their approval. So if, if your trial is approved, for, it gets ethical approval, it uh, should be registered. Mm. And uh, the other carrot or stick, I guess, is is that many of the major journals now, the journal editors, since 2005, have said that unless they see evidence that a trial is has been published before the, uh, sorry, has been registered before the first patient is enrolled, uh, they won't uh, allow that trial to be published in their journals, which is um, a good encouragement for for, for researchers to try and uh, make sure they register their trials before they start them. Absolutely. You're listening to Wellbeing and my guest today is Professor Lisa Askey and we're discussing clinical trials registries both in here and in the rest of the world. So this encouragement is so that I guess people who wish to participate in these trials can also um, become aware of them. Correct. It would, it's, it's another uh, potential benefit for trials registries is that uh, if all the trials that are currently being conducted in Australia and are open to recruitment are available, people can uh, search for those and, uh, and, and approach their uh, health practitioner about how they can get involved in such trials. Uh, there are a couple of websites to which the Australian New Zealand Clinical Trials Registry feeds data that is trying to make that um, easier for people to do. One is, uh, in particular, in the cancer area. Uh, it's called Australian Cancer Trials. Okay, so if people actually Google that, yes, and it's all one word. AustralianCancerTrials.gov.au is the website, or if you Google Australian Cancer Trials, you'll find it. And uh, data from our, from the Australian Registry, and also from the big main uh, registry in the United States which often um, has Australian uh, trials registered on it because they may be uh, conducted both in the US and have sites in both the US and Australia and elsewhere. And that information is, is there with some additional um, information that is specific to cancer so people can refine their search a little bit better in terms of is it a chemotherapy trial or is it a trial for certain stages of cancer or certain types of cancer. Um, and the contact details for all of the... Um, Investigators for each invest, each trial uh, are listed there and are quite easy to find. There's also now just been launched in the last uh, month or so uh, a, a, a national version really of, of that, which is called um, Australian Clinical Trials 
www.australiancancertrials.gov.au, or one word. As opposed to Australian Cancer Trials, right, got it. As opposed to Australian Cancer Trials. Mm -hmm. This is australianclinicaltrials.gov.au. And it's the first stage. It was was established uh, with the help of the NHMRC and uh, industry groups and the, the, uh, the trials registry and consume, lots of consumer input to try and have a, a one focal point where people can go to find out about information about clinical trials. It has information about what is, in, what is a trial, why be part of a trial, how to be part of a trial, as well as links to the two main registries I just, uh, just uh, noted and a whole lot of other um, disease-specific uh, information about clinical trials. So it's just been launched um, and uh, we'd really like to encourage people to have a look at that and um, and find out uh, how they can be part of a clinical trial and why why that's a, a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Why do you think it's a good thing for people to be involved in a clinical trial? Yeah. Uh, well, for uh, altruistic reasons, it's good to be involved in a clinical trial and that you know you're helping uh, advance medical knowledge. The best way for us to find out which treatments work and which treatments don't is to is to test them fairly in a clinical trial. So it's the highest form of or the most robust form of evidence and uh, it's important if we're going to make gains in health that we we test them fairly in in a rigorous and scientific way so that we uh, you know we find out what what does work and what and often what what doesn't work and what, what thus we should not be uh, subjecting ourselves to or out spending our healthcare dollars on. Um, but from a personal point of view, it's also uh, a document, well documented now that people who are involved in clinical trials uh, do as well or better than people who don't get involved in clinical trials. Even if they're in, for instance, the, if a trial is, uh, has a placebo arm, which is, for instance, has a dummy sugar pill, so you're not actually getting an active treatment, you actually do as well or often better than... Um, people who are having their same disease treated but are not having that treated as not part of a clinical trial. Gosh, that's uh, fascinating. <laughs> that's worth a trial in itself. <laughs> it is, yes. And maybe because, um, you know, when you're part of a clinical trial, there's often, um, you know, the dedicated people yes. that are looking after you and that are following you up and that are checking you're okay. You often have, um, sometimes you have to have participate in some extra tests and other things which may be an inconvenience but also you're you're monitored very closely and uh, and uh, we think that that's the reason why people uh, do as well or better in a, in a clinical trial than they do getting uh, standard care. Yeah, so I've, I've got personal experience of that. I was my husband's research assistant when we were in Canada because I couldn't work as a medical practitioner and right. um, I actually remarked on that, that, you know, these patients were getting really good care. They were being very well investigated and I actually found, well, that was not good. I found a gentleman with lung cancer who didn't know he had it. Things like that. It's basically because you get a bit of a once-over, a very thorough once-over, which is really helpful and you get everything else. Exactly. um, And and far from being, um, you know, people sometimes have the sort of misconception that they're going to be guinea pigs or other things in a trial. Uh, people are actually uh, who who conduct clinical trials certainly in Australia and New Zealand uh, have thought about it very carefully and have very good safety and checks and balances in place to ensure uh, the care that people receive within a trial is um, is is excellent. I think that needs to be 
borne out, doesn't it, that the medications and things that are being trialled, they have been tested elsewhere on animals or whatever, that they're not, you know, nothing would be used that would be, it's been through an ethics committee, etc. Exactly. So if they're drug trials, they've been through various stages or what are called phases of trials, so they would be tested uh, on... Um, in the in the in the laboratory on the petri dish first, and then in on uh, in animals, and then in um, early phase trials on on healthy volunteers before they actually get to the the final phase of the trials or the major phase of the trials called phase three trials, which are tested in people with the disease in a sort of real world real setting. And often they're comparing two drugs or whatever that have already been used anyway, and they're just trying to see which is the better of the drugs, etc. Yes, exactly. So sometimes it's comparing a, a new drug to, to a placebo, but often people certainly who, under, who are part of clinical trials in Australia, the minimum standard is, is to compare that to standard of care. So it's not like people will get a substandard of care if they go to trial. They'll or some be, radical something or other that's never been tested. Yeah, so I think that's a really important point, isn't it, to bring across with clinical trials that they are actually quite an interesting look at your own disease. Exactly. You're listening to Wellbeing and my guest today is Professor Lisa Askey and we're discussing clinical trials and cancer trials as part of those clinical trials that could be of interest to people who have particular illnesses. There's a special one for cancer and I suppose that's probably one of the more controversial areas in that you do get some fairly new treatments in that area. Um. Yes, I guess so. Uh, there is some uh, often quite, you know, new and experimental treatments in cancer, but it is a major, obviously, burden of illness in in uh, this country. So uh, it was cancer consumers actually who really um, approached lobby government and and others for for a very long time to say cancer consumers or people who have got cancer in their families really want to. Um, know what's going on and really want to advance uh, the, the treatments for, those, for this disease and preferably prevention by, by being part of clinical trials. So they really wanted uh, uh, a good uh, you know, a website that had good, reputable, uh, solid information about uh, where, you know, how, how cancer could be best treated. And it, on that cancer website, it will point out to you whether that the, the trial is, you know, in an early phase or um, a later phase. So clearly the earlier phases of the trial, if there are drug trial, um, are more, uh, I guess, experimental in that they've been tested on less people prior to, to, to being, um, to being, ending up in phase three trials in, in, in the general population or the general cancer population. And can people look at, I mean, you said that these websites were able to be accessed by the general public. Are there discussions on those? You know how a lot of people blog and things nowadays to make it, I guess, more user-friendly, more in, in terms that perhaps people other than scientists and medical practitioners could understand? Yes, um we haven't gone quite so far as blogs, etc. on them. Both of them are fairly new, but that's... um that, that would be interesting. But what is there, and I think what most people find very helpful, is uh, every child must have a, a lay summary, uh, what we call a lay summary. So it's just uh, uh, something that's written that to summarise the main points about the trial, what it's about, who's, who's 
included in it, what genes are being tested, etc., in in plain English uh, language, with trying to eliminate all the uh, jargon and technical terms. And those, uh, uh, um, to be honest, both researchers and uh, members of the public and scientists find the the lay summary. Um, or plain some plain language summary, um, the best place really to find out about you know what a trial is really all about and whether they should be they or their patients should be in in the trial. So uh, I certainly think that uh, there are actual uh, other websites and there are starting to emerge in Australia um, what we call patient registries where patients actually register their interest in being in a clinical trial. And some of those in the in the states uh, in the United States called there's one called Patients Like Me, and that's much more like a blogging site where people go and put details about um, themselves, their age, and you know what condition they've got, etc. And uh, people are interacting on on those sites. There are a, a couple in Australia that are just starting. There's one called, uh, that I know of, called Register 4, which is really a, uh, run by the National Breast Cancer Foundation. That is. I was just going to say, I'm surprised the breast cancer people haven't. They're fantastic that way. Yeah, they really they advanced um, the whole, I should imagine, clinical trials, registration, etc., enormously. They have. And this Register 4 is trying to... to uh, gather uh, ultimately hopefully uh, you know a million women who are interested in um, who are potentially interested in being in clinical trials and other research and link them with researchers and ultimately on on this new Australian clinical trials website we'd like to be able to link for instance the the, the trial reg- the, the tri- ongoing trials from the Australian New Zealand clinical trials registry with a patient registry um, because clearly as I said before, it's 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 helpful both for the trialists and for the patients to be, or for people to be involved in clinical trials. So putting the two groups in in closer contact uh, would uh, would would be our uh, ultimate aim. I think it's wonderful too for women, um, if you don't mind me saying so, or or people in general from more rural outback areas, because you know often they don't have access to an oncologist or if they do it's fairly brief and it's not frequent and they use the internet a lot exactly and so it's good for them because you know they then get involved in um a more inter- um, well australian new zealand and international scene that's very true and I think uh, we should utilise this uh, 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 internet technology absolutely uh, as, as much as we can, especially for people who are in remote and regional areas of, of the country. On the clinical trials website, there's actually some um, a section about real stories from from both people and uh, you know consumers and doctors and researchers about um, how they've participated in clinical trials, and uh, some of those are about people who uh, were exactly in the situation you described being uh, not close to you know the mainstream Macquarie Street type services uh, but can still as part of this be uh, involved in in clinical trials. And at least know about them that's important because that's one of the big problems is lack of communication and the breast cancer people I think particularly have shown that support groups increase your five-year survival rate. Exactly. Which is pretty interesting. It's the same thing I think we're alluding to with clinical trials in general in that you do get from a clinical trial a lot of attention and support. 
exactly. And so what I think people should be encouraged to do is if they if they find a trial that they think they would be eligible for and interested in is is to be proactive and take that to their um Usually at this stage in Australia, most to, to get into a clinical trial, you usually have to go via your practitioner, although you can contact the, the, the child directly to discuss. So people should, you know, be, um, be, you know, armed with uh, information they've, they've, they've gleaned from these sites and, and take them to their practitioners and discuss them and say, um, and sometimes you, you think you might be eligible, but there's something about the, the, the criteria for the trial that, that maybe you're not, but, um, uh, it, it's certainly worth uh, discussing with your healthcare provider um, if you think you're, there's something that uh, would be of um, benefit to you or of interest to you. I think that's absolutely true. And there are people out there who are very altruistic too who, you know, maybe that, I, I'm reasonably certain, I'm on steady ground here, altruism actually improves your health. Yes. Um, in fact, the first clinical trial I was ever part of, um, my background's in um, in, uh, in newborn care and sick uh, small babies, and um, we uh, we didn't have any trouble recruiting um, uh, uh, families to that to the trial I was involved in because the babies were a little bit older. They'd, they were born very early, but were quite a bit older when they uh, well several weeks three to four weeks old when they'd actually uh, were approached to be part of this trial and uh, was looking at different levels of oxygen uh, in, in preterm babies. And uh, all the parents said, or virtually all the parents said, um, we understand that without clinical trials and knowing uh, which treatments work and don't, my baby wouldn't have made it this far because all I can see that all the all the procedures, all the treatments, all the technology you use that have been has been used to keep my baby alive. Really, uh, we need to know that you know whether it works or doesn't. And so they were uh, generally very altruistic, but with the with the direct experience of it actually having it benefited them, and so they want to repay sort of previous, uh, you know, for future parents to be able to to, to benefit from from knowledge about what works and what doesn't. Mm, that's amazing, isn't it? The human spirit. Yes. That's a wonderful thing. Well, thank you very much for your time. I think we probably should just reiterate those two um, websites, if you wouldn't mind. Yes, okay. So there's uh, Australian Clinical Trials, all one word, australianclinicaltrials.gov.au, uh, which is the general one. There is australiancancertrials.gov.au, and then there's the Australian New Zealand Clinical Trials Registry. It's anzctr.org.au. Or any of those typed into Google, you'll, you'll find them. Well, thank you very much for spending the time to speak to us here at Wellbeing about the various ways people can become involved or just get information about clinical trials. It was my pleasure. Very good of you. We've been speaking with Professor Lisa Askey, the Director of Systematic Reviews and Health Technology Assessment at the NH and MRC Clinical Trials Centre, University of Sydney. And from all of us here at Wellbeing, we wish you well.